Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. Big Dipper is booked and blessed. And by that, I mean he booked himself an appointment for acupuncture. So I'm doing the cold open alone today. This week on the episode, we have the hilarious, the funny comedian, writer, performer. Does he perform? It's Matt Bellasine, and we get into it with him. We talk about cum in jars. We talk about what we love to complain about. We talk about the gap, baby. Get into it. Enjoy this episode. Oh, my God. I didn't even ask what he liked Wicked. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus You turn around and boom You end up with us seconds Oh, diva Ah, we're numbers Two, one, three Five, three, six Oh, nine, one Eight, zero Are you little sloppy seconds Potty, gmail.com Now on with the show I kind of can you feel my vegan vegan pussy? Can you feel my vegan 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 cunt? Can you feel my vegan vegan pussy? Can you feel my vegan vegan cunt? No, it's can you feel my vegan vegan pussy? My vegan 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 cunt? Can you feel my vegan vegan? Ow, make me feel the vegan vegan. Ooh, it is from an apparently Azalea Banks's Instagram story. One day she was singing that, and then it got really popular on TikTok. But before it, like, really blew up, I had been listening to it, and I had Pinche, Bitch Pudding, and Meg over, and I just kept singing that. And they were like, I haven't heard it, and then it got stuck in their head, and now anytime they think of it, it's because of me. Well, I want to talk to our guests about their uh, uh, food lifestyle, so uh, maybe we can do that. So now we're going to be, we're introducing the writer, comedian, <laughs> podcast host, Matt Bellasai! <sighs> What up? Hi, Mel. Thanks for being Good here. Good morning. It is it is two p.m. here on the East Coast, but <gasps> I oh. I basically just woke up. This is like <gasps> you're getting fresh out the bed, Matt. This is really? this is still like drinking coffee, Matt. Do on you a Tuesday? Yeah. Do you sleep to that hour in in a very no, regular? Not normally, okay. Oh, okay. What were you what up to I, so, uh, last night that made you stay in? I went out on a school night last night and mm-hmm. um ill-advised because I'm I'm suffering today but um yeah I I don't know if we have just want to launch into my life I'm like direct Go, I'm just going launch. directly here. it's like a therapy session yeah, I'm just perfect. like no no introductions we have to we have to save time and money by me just launching right into my life yes um, yeah. <laughs> I okay. I joined a kick a gay kickball league that ended you better work, yesterday. Bitch. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's a lot. Listen. I fully understand. Um. What What comes from a gay kickball league, which is um. You know, shame. Oh, not uh, a lot also, of locker room antics. <laughs> a lot of towel whipping. 
I expected a lot more of that and also <laughs> a lot more drinking. Um, but these bitches play kickball. Like you, I showed up on the first day fully expecting everybody to just kind of be like, you know, we're just we're just here as a joke, right? right. But no, they were there to play kickball. Uh, so I was <laughs> clearly the worst one on the team. <laughs> were you a big sports but yesterday? Kid? No, not at all. I don't know what drove me to this point in my life where I was like, you know what I should do with my Monday nights? Play kickball with a bunch of other homos. But I did. Right. <laughs> I'm, I, well, I, I, mean, I we, we listen. We know what th- it is. this happens to a lot of people at a certain age. Were you were you getting lonely? Were you looking for more purpose in your life? <laughs> wow. You, I, was, uh, I was feeling very purposeless. And I thought, you know what will give my life meaning? A rubber ball that you could kick around with your feet. And, yeah, an elementary school sport. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, definitely was an element of that. Like, after the last year of spending so much time inside by myself, I was like, honestly, any excuse to get out, meet more people, like, move around. It's the summer. Everyone's going crazy. So it was a lot of fun, and yesterday was our last game, and it's a Monday night, and the game is at, like, 7.30, and then afterwards, everyone goes to a bar, and usually it's like, okay, you'll have one drink, which at a gay bar is, like, you know, a a half a bottle, (laughs) a half a fifth, (laughs) and, you know, we went a little harder because it was the last game, so... I'm so you're feeling a it. Bit. You're feeling your vegan, vegan. No, you're feeling your uh, hungover, hungover pussy, hungover, hungover yeah. cunt. Um, Matt, you have created a career for yourself that started linked to alcohol. Here you are talking about alcohol again. When did you discover that you were a booze hound and that we're you like to drink? <laughs> 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 and that you were ninety percent alcohol. This is an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> No, okay, so a lot of our listeners will know you from many iterations of your web presence, which, you know, we'll, we'll sort of walk through each of them, but essentially, yeah. the, the, the most viral moment that created your career was a series you did at BuzzFeed called Wine About It, mm-hmm. where you would drink a bottle right. of wine in one glass, in the classy way, and talk shit at your desk. And so, what, like, did, were you always a wine lover? I'm fascinated by people who like wine. So I've actually been pretty open about the fact that I hate wine and that I <laughs> drag us for fa- failure to research. No, kidding. no. Um, I feel like I'll 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 mention it on the slide, but it's also like not something I try to hide either. Right. It's just like you know. Especially in those videos and any other video where I've been drinking wine, like I'm chugging it. I'm not yeah. like enjoying a glass of wine. I'm right. literally downing a uh, 750 milliliters. So <laughs> it's it's not like an enjoyable experience. <laughs> also, I don't know enough about wine to get the like good wine. So I, usually I was drinking absolute shit. Oh, you got to watch so the movie just- uh, Sideways. I just love that you were able to do that just, like, in BuzzFeed. Like, you were just at yeah. the office drunk, and then you are like, I guess I got an Uber home. Like, what was that? Were it was just- definitely... <laughs> I mean, the good news was, and we uh, we uh, joked about this a lot because I I still live in New York. I lived in New York when we were and worked in New York when we filmed. So, uh, you know, I would get on the subway. Oh. But it usually was, like, the rest of the, the my coworkers, like... <laughs> 
kind of just shoving me down the subway staircase and hoping for the best. I hope I showed up the next day. Well, it really was a, a, a solid hack to get drunk at work. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of wonder if uh, it's like a different era. I don't know if anyone could do that anymore. Now it was I'm like, I'm pretty sure there were like multiple HR bylaws that I violated. <laughs> <laughs> but there, like, wasn't HR at the time. It was early enough in BuzzFeed history where, like, you know, HR was just kind of a, a box in the corner of the room that you wrote a complaint on and, and put it in the little thing. And that's, but- like, that's like classic BuzzFeed lore that HR was a box in the corner. Um, <laughs> uh, I did, did the most – I like to do the it's most – Right, exactly. No. I like to do the most random research when, when we have a guest on. And I watched a, uh-huh. uh, your interview that you did with Gail King on CBS. Oh, my God. Morning News. Yeah. Pro- what was that? A decade ago? You know, like from forever ago that you probably don't yeah. identify with at all. But my favorite moment was they were like, this is such a great idea. And you were like – yeah, I just pitched it because I figure everyone drinks at work, right? And why not get paid to do it? And none of them got the joke. And they were all just like, they like, look, who was on the panel with Gail King? Fucking Charlie. Uh, it, was, it was Charlie Rose. May he rest in peace. Yes. He, <laughs> and he had his arms he, folded the whole time. Did he not? He, did, he, was, he was not, like he was not it feeling it. All. Yeah. I remember also because I that was also like the first TV interview I did. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no concept of like what was being shown on the screen. And I made some joke about not having pants on. And Charlie Rose was like, well, we see you're wearing pants. And I was like, thank you, Charlie Rose. <laughs> Comedy icon, Alleged Charlie Rose. sexual harasser, Charlie Rose. Thank you ah! for clarifying ah! that I have pants on. Oh, oh my right, God. That was him. I don't want to slander a old white man for no reason drag yeah, absolutely drag so then, him fact check you, fact check for the edit yeah so you left buzzfeed were you part of like that mass like when everyone left and made a youtube video explaining their exit uh well not to toot my own horn but i i feel like i did kind of start that trend Go I, I kind of <laughs> i cut and run before the mass exodus, I feel like I was kind of the first one to leave. And then, I mean, like, long story short, I I was sort of like in, like, my videos had blown up and was, they were still, like, unsure of what to do with people mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but we were, like, hourly employed, not, you know, we were just, like, a regular editor who now suddenly had a video thing. Right. And so... We uh, they like tried to put together some deal that they could apply to everybody, and I was like, "This sucks." I'm, yeah. I it doesn't make sense for me to stay here. And then I left, and then they started trying to get better with everybody else, and they they didn't. So then everybody started <laughs> leaving at once. Oh my god! And that's when the video, the why I left BuzzFeed video started. But I I left too early for a, a why I left BuzzFeed video. But you left that that trend didn't start until after. (laughs) But you left at a perfect time to sort of pivot and take ownership over what you were doing there, which I think was like, you know, it's it's such a challenging thing as a creative person because when a company can come in, like I I not 
sitting here just to like fucking, you know, praise our podcast network. But I love the network that we work with because we have creative control. It feels like our content and they feel like partners that help distribute the content. You know what I mean? And that's right, like the best right. possible way. And as creatives, oftentimes you find yourself and you're like, wait, this is my total and complete brainchild. The videos are getting so much traction on the Internet. And I'm cashing my regular same paycheck, but there's yeah. somehow, and I don't <laughs> own any of it. Like, what happened? So when you left, you were able to sort of pivot that to your own show, uh, and then your podcast, right. and then a book. Yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely part of the the calculation. Was it was like the way that they they were thinking about it at the time. This is a little insidery, but it's ooh. like. Ooh. I just mean like not not goss. It more just like uh, I don't well, know. Don't if this is interesting it now, to anybody. Just tell it, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Come let on, us have it. But I our listeners love the insider it, like, shit. They thought of it like the old Hollywood studio system, which is basically like I don't know. They fucking like owned Judy Garland. Yeah, like, they had her in a cage and they forced her to like marry gay men. <laughs> and then, you know, sure we got Liza Minnelli out of it, but. You know, there was problems. Yeah. And and I remember at the time it was like, okay, you're you're sort of trying to be like, you know, we you're sort of here and you're under this umbrella and everything you do is part of this kind of family. Yeah. But it's like if you want to own me like a Judy Garland situation, you know, you gotta pay me like a Judy Garland situation. Do you know what I mean? Or at least give you some amphetamines. (laughs) Sorry, was that too dark? No, that was Was that too dark. Honestly, I not to harken back to last night, but uh, I was talking with someone who fully had no idea who Liza Minnelli was, and I just need to take a moment (laughs) because it was so jarring. Wait, he he was like, I don't know who that is. Is she an activist? And I was like, I'm gonna what? This was a child, right? Like a 22 year old. Was this someone on your team? Because I I understand this was a like 30, 40 year old man. Grown man, homosexual, in a gay bar in New York City. That's where Liza Minnelli lies. lies. He was just flirting. That was his way to flirt. He was like, if I act dumb. He was like, maybe you could take me back and show me some reference materials. And then you like take him back to your house and play He wanted you to put your dick in his butt. It's possible. It's possible it didn't work uh, because I was so incensed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear more about the history of Liza Minnelli. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, 
the mushroom is filling. Like there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Literally, I could complain about the internet company forever. What is your favorite is, thing to all... complain about? What yeah. is your absolute favorite thing to complain about in New York City? Well, now it's the internet because that's what's <laughs> on my mind. But <laughs> It should just be free everywhere and high speed constantly. What's going on? <laughs> it, it honestly is ridiculous. I there needs to be more choice. I I don't understand. I'm advocating for capitalism here. Why isn't whoa, it working? Whoa, Why? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take. This is a QAnon <laughs> podcast, my friend. Yeah. You didn't know, but we are know, deep into sorry. Q over here. Honestly, I I would be fully happy with a socialist internet if it worked at this point. This is <laughs> yeah, my I feel one like a socialist complaint. internet in theory would work better than a capitalist internet. I guess that, like, right now, what I have is capitalist internet, and it's failing me. See? See? I would, I would love more choice. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I have... Exactly. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is I don't know what I'm talking about, and I only know the buzzwords, <laughs> Good. which is fine. Same. It's fine. Perfect. I'm not trying to impress anybody with my... Econ 101 knowledge. <laughs> I do sadly have a full political science degree and uh, and a journalism degree. Well, I was a journalism. De- I have a journalism degree and a, uh-huh. I majored in political science. It was a Where? double major. At Northwestern. So Ooh. I, am from, I don't know what I'm talking about. I am from Evanston. That's my hometown. No born way. and raised. Yes. Yeah, classic north suburb, 24-hour Burger King. Uh-huh. Th- Where would you go in downtown Evanston <laughs> when you were in college? Because we um, thought of the 24-hour Burger King as a high school hangout. <laughs> okay, drag me. Ten years later, I'm still getting dragged. No, but um, I think it was also well, a was college no hangout. Target? 
not a 24. No, there wasn't. I remember when they built the target. There, well, honestly, the the 24-hour Burger King was <laughs> the closest yes. fast food yes. joint to where I was most of the time. And that was, and it was open all night. So it was yeah. like, I ended up there more often than not. And if you went to and they Clark's, had a bouncer, they did have a bouncer. Clark's. What? The Burger King had a full bouncer with like a nightstick. Oh, he did no. nothing. Well, he did absolutely. The I don't think point he ever was, used that stick. Yeah, I mean, the whole point was to, to make it clear that you were there to buy something and not just to loiter and hang out. Oh, and that was his job. Right, right. But the sort of what? The, the, the two late night options were that Burger King or Clark's Diner, which was right next door. That was like decent right. diner food, but the service was always like, "Are you ready to sit down and then wait ninety minutes for your?" <laughs> yeah, it was also that the place where like everyone took their parents when their parents were visiting, and so if you went before, I don't know. 8 p.m. on a on a weekend, there was no way you were being s- sat within you know three hours. Right. It oh was, my it goodness! It was a mess, but they did have great omelets. Great omelets. They did do, do you a good love breakfast. An omelet now? Do you love? A, I mean, I know that you've done a weight loss transformation. So what are oh, we? Oh yeah, doing let's here? talk about What's that. going on. Because I didn't read. I had listened to you on a bunch of different podcasts, and I had watched your videos. But just the other day, I finally like went and looked at your Instagram, uh-huh. and your trade now. What happened? <laughs> no, Meatball, we, before we get into Matt's far. response to this, we need to unpack uh-huh. that fat phobic statement you just said, Meatball. Your trade now. You can be fat and trade. Yeah. Sure, Sorry. sure. I guess right. I used the wrong Always language. Trade. We thought you're you were doing, one of us. You're doing... That's yeah, what I Meatball was trying to say. Yeah, I thought you were one of us, bitch. No, I... <laughs> I you're Fine, doing I understand if you want to uninvite me. You're... You're doing thirst traps, which is new for you. Yeah, we saw the underwear pick, the hairy chesticles all true. out. That that has been a, a new development. Yeah. No, honestly, I'm still kind of finding the language to to talk about it because it is like I'm also very careful. I never post like before and after pictures. Yeah. I'm always like, you know, I want to just, this is what I look like at the moment. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll be proud of whatever it is in the moment. It's not like, this is what I look like now versus at any other point. So I'm, I try to be very particular about that, but yeah, I got a trainer. It's boring. People ask me like, you know, how, what did you do? And it's, I, you're like, like it's never exercise. a okay. fun answer. It's never like, I don't know, I got hooked on meth. <laughs> it's I like, got a yeah, BBL. I got a trainer. I got a BBL. <laughs> Wait, let's get back to complaining. Okay, complaining, complaining. No, what? That, I mean, you complain on your show, do you not? You complain in daily life. Me? Yes. Yeah, no, that is all about, I'm, I'm the complaining queen. That's, that's what I do. What? Is that how you started the Unhappy Hour podcast? Because <laughs> you wanted to get on there and just complain for an hour? That is, honestly, everything, like, when I when I first did Wine About It, which, yeah, now was oh, six years ago? Oh, Lord. Five years ago? Isn't that wild? Um, it's so crazy. Yeah. Well, at the last, like, year and a half doesn't count so i don't i like time means nothing to me uh, like it's very hard to to put the last 
10 years into any context. But yeah, that honestly, that web series started just because the I the pun was funny. Yeah. Wine, sure. <laughs> like wine about it. Okay, I can complain about stuff and drink wine. And then I guess I was like, all right, well, I guess I complain now. <laughs> That's my thing. So um, when I left BuzzFeed, yeah, then I started Unhappy Hour and it was along that same theme of, you know, having a beverage, complaining about stuff, having guests to complain. Yeah. Meatball's a good complainer, too. I love to complain. One of my favorite things. Meatball complains a lot about customer service. Is that something that you're into? Do you like being treated like shit when you go out somewhere? <laughs> do you do you like having to ask them a question like, excuse me, are you paying attention to me while they're supposed to be servicing you? I've been on both sides of the of the customer service table. So I know I like to have some kind of empathy for people who are like, you know, making six dollars an hour and um putting mm-hmm. up with assholes all day. Of course. But yeah. I give people I give people the benefit of the doubt. I give people a couple of strikes, but at a certain point I do lose my shit. Well, to me it's always when they're dumb. That's the no, thing. It's like that, they can't help that. But if they're no, if they're, <laughs> it's when they're rude, that's when it gets me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that's true. I've You're always, right. Yeah, even then I'm I I Maybe I'm too nice sometimes, which is kind of, I guess, ironic, given that I, I'm professionally an asshole. But maybe I veer <laughs> so far in my personal life where I'm just like, you know what? I probably deserve to be yelled at. You're having a bad day. You can treat me like an ass. Well, this this brings up an interesting point. We had um, uh, Lacey Mosley on the show, and she recounted having a horrible massage, but then tipping 30%. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. her friend was gonna pay for the massage. Her friend was like treating them, but then Lacey stepped in, paid for both, and tipped both because she wanted to complain about the whole experience, top to bottom. And she was like, "I won't feel like I have the ground to stand on to complain unless I pay for everything. Everyone is well taken care of, and now I get to pop right. off and say whatever I want." So I understand that being nice to someone's face and then walking out and being like, "What a fool." Yeah. What an imbecile. <laughs> Why would you do those deci- Why would you do it that way? It gets me in trouble. Not not personal trouble, but like I see my my problem is like whenever I'm if I'm going to uh like the gap to return something. Mm-hmm. Uh famously where I do all of my shopping, the gap. <laughs> Fall into the gap. Uh, <laughs> and Whenever I'm, like, returning something and I, I know, like, I don't know, it's past the day or, like, the, the time or, like, the tags aren't on it. Uh, I did this once in the in the guy I was returning it to was here in New York and he was like, you're not from around here, are you? And I was like, no, I'm from Chicago. Why? And he was like, because you're being so nice about this and I'm not used to that. Like, he fully oh. expects people to come in fucking raging. And I was like... But that's the problem is, like, that's what they pay attention to, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's people respond to people who are raging. And I'm like, can we just skip the part where I have to be a raging bitch and you treat me like that, but I just am nice? That's all I want. I want people to respect me like I'm a raging bitch without me having to put in the effort. Absolutely. Well, I actually, when I used to work at J. Crew in Soho, 
uh, we would the people that would try to return stuff and would be yelling at us we would not take it we'd be like sorry we can tell that you wore it See? and the person was like i didn't you the tags are on it da, da, da. and like the manager would be like no but it was like the nice people that came in we would bend over backwards i would be like yeah i could tell that these have been worn in but who cares get get your money back get out <laughs> i of see here. the deodorant stains yeah. the, the stretched out collar <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just imagine it smells people, like cologne and booze. I just imagine you wearing two polos with both of the collars. They would up. not allow us to wear. That was not the fashion of the 2008. It was about the cashmere sweaters and the gingham button downs mm-hmm. and the dark denim jeans with the Japanese selvage denim. You know what I'm talking about? They had them at the Gap too. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. The Gap, J. Crew, and Old Navy and Banana Republic are all the same company. All the same. When you're and not athletica. complaining. What do you like to do? What do you enjoy? <laughs> what are the things that you enjoy doing? Kickball. <sighs> Kickball. <laughs> um, what do I enjoy? I don't I honestly feel like the most <laughs> boring person alive after the last year. I like the question I have started to dread the most from people is what did you do this weekend? Because I'm like nothing. Do you know what I, like, when people are like, oh, what did you do? My answer is like, I watched all of Netflix. Like, <laughs> I I caught up on everything. It's not how many episodes did you, like, I, I measure what I'm watching in terms of how many, like, entire series I can watch in one weekend. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm painting a great picture of myself, but I do watch <laughs> a lot of TV. That's good. That's good. Well, have you, yeah. did you watch White Lotus? Because I, I got some I did watch I'd White like Lotus. To. When he was eating that butt, he was up too high, mm-hmm. right? He was fully vertical. Yeah. He wasn't he was in like it. licking the top of his No, no. Of his you crack. have to lift the cheeks and then right. your neck should, in that configuration, he like this. your neck should be squished because you're putting, you're like, <laughs> right, you, you've lifted Why and you've gone under it. Like, yeah, Matt. Matt, tell us with Why great detail that how that feels. Us. We're not recording. Well, <laughs> because people are listening to this, I have to describe it in vivid uh-huh. detail. So, right. You're, you're, you're underneath. Your tongue is fully, your mouth is parallel with the sky, right? Parallel Um, with the sky. (laughs) Yeah. And your vertebrae, your neck is crunched. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're giving yourself permanent (laughs) spinal damage. Yeah. Yeah, It's unclear if he was sort of like retreating from it, but it didn't. He was definitely licking it like you would lick like an ice cream cone that you're trying not to drop. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. There was a, a weird energy. I want to know what the modesty panel looked like for that scene. Like, do you think they wore a- like a sticker? Like, a, yeah. okay, imagine a Band-Aid, but maybe less adhesive in like a circular motion that, or a circular shape that covers both the butthole, but then like a little bit of the inside cheek. And then it like comes up under through. I feel like they make structured, um, yeah, yeah things like that for, for women to, to wear with like dresses that have open hips that like cover their genitals, but don't have a wraparound band on the thong. Yeah. They make those and they're that like, must sticky. have been why. That must have been why he was only licking like the the crest of of the crack. 
The crest of the crack. Because do you think on a set like that, it's not allowed for them to just both be naked and just no, be like, not. we'll just do that? No, they usually put the guy in like what they call a cock sock, which like covers the penile area. But like the man's asshole can be out. No one cares. But a woman, they cover everything. And there's usually a intimacy coach on set to make sure that everything is like kosher and everyone's I, comfortable. I went to school for theater and I'm not trained in this at all but um there was like i was directing a scene in theater uh from my directing class were you and, in theater fuck off and um <laughs> the <laughs> the scene not. had like a ton of making out in it and i remember thinking like oh i have to like really sort of walk them through this and i remember just sort of coming up with my own process of like okay let's talk about the choreography you're gonna kiss here then you're gonna roll here then you're gonna do this then this article of clothing comes up and we did it for a while without even kissing and then we did it like we sort of walked through it really in this like slow way and i was thinking about it i was like god i wonder if this ever actually happens out in the world and then i started you know reading a lot of articles about that job of intimacy coach as of late and i think that's a really cool job yeah because you want the sex to look buck wild like people are having a good time <laughs> absolutely yeah but also now yeah you have to so that nobody yeah gets sued. everything is yeah you could get sued for just touching the wrong way or looking up a skirt right. or... oh well here's but a question do you think sorry go ahead I was just going to say, I, I'd read somewhere, and by this I mean, like, I saw a tweet and just assumed it was sure, true. Yeah. That's, how we, <laughs> that, that's how we talk that's on the show. Don't welcome worry. Welcome to the QAnon podcast. <laughs> that the two actors uh, in that, in the ass-eating scene um, in White Lotus, that it was their idea. Yes. Like, they had had, that it was just supposed to be, like, them sort of vaguely, you know, fucking or something and then they were like actually no we're gonna we're gonna do it would be more humiliating to walk in on them eating ass yeah i think it was the older gentleman who said it was like something along the it was uh it'd be more jarring to see someone eating ass yeah it would be to walk in on two people fucking it literally makes the most sense to me for like an older gay guy and a younger gay guy who's like being sort of slightly or who knows if he's gay being slightly coerced into a sexual relationship with drugs where the older guy's like, the goal here is that I get to eat your ass. <laughs> that to me makes a lot of sense. Mm. Sure. But you know, different strokes. Uh, one final thing before we take a break. I'm curious about Steve Zahn's cock in the first. That was fake. Episode. Those balls were fake. The balls were fake. They Isn't that crazy fake. that they do the whole yeah. prosthetic just to see this like just regular dick with like the balls didn't even look that swollen to me. They looked like the balls that hang off the back of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just painted yeah. well. I, uh, I don't know. The, the idea of making like a full true to life human prosthetic dick is... I shout out to the person who achieved that dream. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those come from molds as well, which is wild. All right, let's I'm take not, a break. We'll be right back after this break. <laughs> and okay, we're we are back, back with 
People's Choice Award winner for favorite social media star 2016, Matt Belisai. <laughs> true, true, true. It's on How my shelf. What was that? Who did you beat? Like? Tyler Oakley. You beat him out. Uh, no. <laughs> Frankie Grande was on that list. Word. I recall. <laughs> um. And then a few other like Vine stars at the time. Oh R. my god, Vine! Vine. Yeah, you weren't uh, up against was, Trisha Paytas. Was... No, th- I think this was before she was born. I don't know if she was. Although she's been on YouTube forever. <laughs> she's been on YouTube for fifteen years. Yeah, before she was born. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But no, yeah, I don't think she she was she was in that group. But uh, it was it was wild because um, I I won it and then they during the award ceremony accidentally gave it to the wrong person in, in the crowd and so it was at at once the like most amazing like crowning achievement of of my time doing those videos and then also the most humiliating experience. So Frankie ever, Grande got his little hands flight. on it. No, although, so what happened was I was in the audience. They didn't give out all of the awards on stage. They gave out some of them just like the less important ones. They were like, we'll come back from commercial and we'll just hand you it in, in the audience. So make sure you're in your seat. And so they told me before they were like, okay, you got it. We're going to, we're going to come in and hand it to you. And then right as the camera came on, the cam the person just immediately forgot what I looked like and then gave it to the man sitting in front of me. You're kidding. <gasps> oh no. Was a like 50-year-old man <laughs> who it turns out <laughs> is <laughs> Just we, we look nothing alike. It was I would understand it if we looked kind of similar. No, no, we did not look anything alike. He was a fully different human being. And uh <laughs> The camera guy, you could hear him being like, you won, look excited. And this man is like, what is happening? I don't know. Yeah, it was so confusing. And uh, turns out that that man is uh, a a celebrity vocal coach. Oh. Uh, He he coaches Ariana Grande, ironically, um, and a number of other people. I'm forgetting his name. Eric something. Did you reach Uh, forward and take what was rightfully yours? It made it, it. It made its way to me, so I did. I was able to take it home, but it was all mean? over. <laughs> if I remember, so they the camera stopped on him, but the 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 like award the trophy girl who was giving out the actual statue, uh-huh. she knew to give it to me, but the camera uh, wasn't on me. Got it. So you see me in behind the guy like getting the award, but like. <laughs> The guy in front of me was giving a thumbs up, and below him it said, like, a winner, Matt Belisai. They really did so you I dirty. So I got the statue. But, yeah, he reached out to me. That man reached out to me the next day, and he managed to track me down, and he was like, I feel really bad. And I was like, it's not your fault. They yeah. like, it's the cameraman's fault. We blame CBS Productions. I want to talk to you about a quote. Um that <clears throat> is on Wikipedia. Meatball? Balasai oh, no. is gay. He attended a pride parade for the first time at age 19. He considers Honey Boo Boo and Ellen DeGeneres as LGBTQ icons. 
<laughs> Would you like to explain? You explain is, yourself, okay, please. I've clearly <laughs> never looked at my own Wikipedia page because I I need to issue <laughs> I need to issue a takedown notice. <laughs> wow. Okay, I I do consider Honey Boo Boo an LGBT icon. Absolutely, sure. uh, and and that is the yeah. clarification I will make about that particular part of of <laughs> the Wikipedia page. Bum, bum. <laughs> uh, I did I did though I I didn't really come out until I was yeah like twenty. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, and so I do think the first Pride Parade that I went to was in, it, it was definitely in Chicago. Um, it was when I was in college, but I think it was like pre-coming out. I was like, I'm going as an ally. Right. <laughs> I'm supporting the people. I might um, be right. interested and then, in supporting I mean, this I community. fully knew, right. right. It was like, <laughs> you know, we were, I had my the sunglasses on and my eyes were firmly glued to every ass that was there, but. The Chicago yeah, Pride Parade Italian. is dope. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's a wild yeah. Pride Parade to go big, to for your first parade. one. Yeah. Because my first one yeah. was in, like, downtown Houston. And let me tell you, it was a lot of trucks with people in the beds dancing around. <laughs> but Chicago, they got real floats going on. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I love, like, I've had the opportunity to tour around and play and perform at a lot of different Pride events. And it is so cool to be at small town Pride parades because... There are so few, you know, city bank floats. There are yeah. so many yeah. more like community groups. And like, you know, I know from years of going to the parade in Chicago, I remember like avoiding certain corners because the people were packed eight deep back from the barricades and you couldn't even walk behind them. You were just like itching your way through. It was just horrendous, like packed. And then to go to like a small town and be able to like see everyone. It's cool to sort of see all the different types of pride celebration. That reminds me one time when I was in New York, it was pride and I was only hanging out with straight people at that point. And so none of us went. (laughs) And that was the day that we all decided to go to bed, bath and beyond and like get stuff for our apartments. So we had to cross the pride parade and I was carrying, Ugh. like, shelving and, like, all this stuff. And I could not get through the crowd of people. So we eventually found a street and just, like, literally walked through the middle of the parade on the street. <laughs> just, like, holding our Bed Bath & Beyond. And I was like, is this what being gay means now? That really does. Honestly, going to Bed Bath & Beyond is gayer than at the Super actual gay. Pride Parade. Super gay. Yeah. yeah, I I a few years ago... Um, was uh, I, I went to the Pride Parade in New York and they have like all of these stages along the parade route. Yeah. And they have people who like announce the floats as they go by. Yeah. And so I I was one of the announcers. <gasps> and it was so exhausting because yeah, there's so many floats. Every fucking corporation has their own float, and you have to say all of them as they go past. Girl. And it's it, it's fully. I was there for like twelve straight hours. Oh my, oh my god, that's takes a lot that's of energy. Fun, though, to be part, like to be a part of Pride instead of just attending it, must have been such a fun thing. It, yeah. it was nice to be uh, on a platform. Where I didn't have to be like in a crowd in the mass. <laughs> exactly, I had my own space, but it was still like it was. Exactly, yeah. But it was also listen. I was wearing 
like jeans and a flannel shirt in the middle of summer. So oh. that was a mistake on my part. Celebrating lesbian pride. Exactly. I was showing my 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 allyship in that way. Yeah, yeah. you've carried the story through from beginning to, to up to date. You're always an ally. Um, exactly. We like to end our show with a segment that we call Fuck, Fuck Talk. Talk. And okay. in this segment, um, we talk pretty frankly about fucking. Um, this is, you know, I, I this is up to you about how much you would like to share from your personal life. Um, but we like to ask our guests to share an embarrassing, wild, crazy, memorable uh, sexual experience uh, in this in this moment. And I uh, have a story that I can sort of set the tone with uh, Ooh, this first. is going to be a weird tone. <laughs> we, uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the devil's dick. We were talking about people freezing cum in a condom and then uh, using it as a dildo to fuck themselves or creating sort of like storing loads of cum uh, over a long face <laughs> right now. I'm horrified. I mean, sure, I'm aware of these dark corners. <laughs> ah! But so, you know they kind of they kind of trickle down into my awareness. I'm not I'm not trafficking in these areas. <laughs> well, Good. yeah, um, I use ways to go right through them every time. Um, I recently saw a man who um, I have sort of been sucking his dick on and off for like six months, uh, maybe uh-huh. even longer, and. Um, he there's a, a certain level of dirty talk that happens, but we don't really get far beyond him sort of talking to me. And I've said before on this podcast, my favorite, like I like people being verbal, but I don't like to be verbal back. I don't really have that skill to sort of be like, oh yeah, this fucking cop, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you say all that shit to me. I'll hear it. And so I, my go-to is to mumble when their dick is in my mouth, so I don't have to participate, but it sounds like I'm participating, right? <laughs> You're just feigning vocabulary. Yeah, I'm like, like yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 you know? So he's, you know, I'm sucking his dick, and he says, like, oh, you like that dick, and I'm going, and then he's like, oh, you know, you're my you're my cum pig, and I'm like, and he's like, you want my load, and I'm like, yeah, like, obviously, I'm sucking your dick, I want you to come in my mouth. And then he produces a jar, and he unscrews the lid of the jar, (laughs) and he lowers it down, and he holds it next to me, and I'm like, what? And he was like, do you know what that is? And I was like, no, because it was dark out. We were in his backyard outside under the stars, you know? And I don't like this. He said, it's my loads from this week. (gasps) And I was no, like, Ooh. no, 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 I'm thing. calling it. I'm calling it. Literally I'm throw up. <laughs> Some people are into that. But to me, I like oh. it. Uh Oh, meatballs going. Meatballs going. I, my stomach is turning. I'm I sorry. Like I'm sorry. I'll get. I'll finish this very quickly. To me, I like it fresh from the tap. I like it a little bit warm. I like it only in the moment. I don't need the backlog that is like cold and been stored. No. so that was and i was like no 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 and then afterwards he apologized and he was like i probably should have asked you before i just meatball meatball don't do that (laughs) but this is you said this is someone that you you have 
this was not like the first encounter. Correct. But we had never specifically had the conversation. Like he, the yeah. dirty talk had often been, do you want my load? Do you want to suck my dick? Like, do you want me to come in your mouth? Uh-huh. And it was always like, yes, yes, yes. But we had never sort of breached the moment of like, do you want me to store up a bunch of loads and right. keep them in a do jar? These and then leftovers. These t- <laughs> and then me to open this jar directly under your nose so you get a whiff it of cold Brings out cum. Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Meatball, don't do it. We can see you Just almost stop. vomiting. Okay. You're crying. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> That's so gross to me. I'm sorry. It's, but there are some people who love it. That should be stored. I, I think maybe it has like a 24 hour shelf life, but I'm not seeing it on the fridge. No thanks. So no. I was a little thrown off, and then he was like, "Hey, sorry about that," and I was like, "All good." Well, I also because see my my exposure to that is having having been a person on the internet. I've spent a lot of time on the internet. I've seen some dark corners of the internet. Mm-hmm. I oh I. Feel like I've seen people where it's like you have one item of clothing or one towel or rag that that, right. that kind of gets all of it. Um, but the idea of storing it in a a a container like that, where it is it is fully preserved in its original form, absolutely That's horrific no. to me. That's a no. <laughs> it gives me very Not to much shame, but I am appalled. <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't even know how to how to follow that. Well, I have nothing well, to top that for sure. You have anything to bottom it? Uh, <laughs> come on, you guys. That was a, that was I, a decent joke. It was a joke. Well, can you tell I us got it. maybe before we go? Ha, have you been hooking up during the pandemic, and what's that been like in New York? My see, typically. I mean, especially following that, if you couldn't tell by the the sheer <laughs> horror in my in my <laughs> in my voice, my gasps. I feel like I'm generally a pretty vanilla person. Mm, good I'm sorry for to you. disappoint. We need everybody more of you. who expected Why is everyone me. out here trying to punch their dicks and choke on each other and strangle each I'll other. I'll defend Why vanilla all day. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes we just need a hole in a sheet that we're lying in between, you know? Oh. <laughs> I'm doing it full biblically Jewish. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. No, honestly, the last year and a half has been like relatively uh, dry, shall we say? Okay. Um, Oof. Not not a not a not a lot of cum jars in my recent history. I did go. go I was sort of like on the the dating apps over the last year and a half, but they were also very like. Mostly frustrating because it was like I am I like the process of like going on a date and getting mm-hmm. to know somebody and like everyone was you were sort of chatting with people but everyone was like well we're probably not actually gonna like go where are we gonna go we're gonna go drink in the park I did yeah. one of the like one of those situations and he turned out to be a little crazy which is fine <laughs> you know good for him. He, he went for it. <laughs> this was someone we exchanged. We had like matched on Tinder. We exchanged numbers the, the same day because we were like enjoying chatting with one another. And then out of nowhere, unannounced, he FaceTimed me. 
No. And that to me is like full uh, psychotic behavior. That's only worse than like <laughs> if you're FaceTiming someone that you have never met unannounced uh, the day you started talking, jail. Jail. Prison, <laughs> honey. That's a mess. And I still I still agreed to go on a date. And then um But did you answer the FaceTime? Surprisingly. Yeah, how was the FaceTime chat? I denied it like twice and I texted and I was like, absolutely not. And then he did talk (laughs) me like, finally he was like, just do it. And so this is where I have no self-control or (laughs) ability to stand up. So I was like, fine, I'll fucking do it. And I answered the FaceTime. He was shit based, obviously. (laughs) And, um, it was fine. It was like, I think he was more embarrassed the next day that he had done that. But then when we went out, I was like, I uh, maybe you just have this kind of like pushy personality, and I'm I'm like, you're there's some boundaries here that you don't seem to recognize, mm, namely yeah. saying no to a FaceTime call. Anyway, it was I'm just thinking it was about fine. Every time I've received an unannounced FaceTime call, the guy's like jerking off and wants me to like talk to them while they come. Well. <laughs> Honestly, that probably would have been better. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're <laughs> we do something on our show, Matt, where we ask people um, if a certain behavior is gay or not. So mm-hmm. we have a quick okay. voicemail we're gonna play, and we're gonna get your vote before we let you go. Before here. we let you go, just, sure, just sure. Is it gay or not? Okay. Hold on one second. I'm doing all my computer things. Hi, Big Dipper and Meeple. Uh, my name is Jordan. Um, I'm a first-time, like, listener to you guys' podcast. Um, I'm recently, like, into drag queens. That might sound silly, but, like, um, yeah, I heard about Meatball through Trixie Mattel, and then your guys' podcast showed up on my Spotify feed after listening to Trixie and Trixie's doing the Lord's work. Um, work, algorithm. question. Is it gay that I work at a <clears throat> coffee company a really popular coffee company, and to decaf asshole customers. Is that gay? I'm just curious. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you have a great day. Bye. <laughs> now, this is full circle. We're talking about being We're nice about as a customer. Service. What do we think? So when, is... she, when they say decaf a customer, that means someone comes in and they're like, I need four shot, I need my drink, and you give them decaf coffee. <gasps> That's gay. That's sassy gay behavior, in my opinion. That is the type of passive aggressive uh, <laughs> aggression that I am absolutely supportive of. So I will say that is gay. That is also my greatest fear at all times. <laughs> you gotta be nice if, to these baristas. I have an irrational fear. This is um, maybe not interesting, but I I remember. BuzzFeed was the last office job that I had and they had a coffee machine and it was this very fancy coffee machine that had like a touch screen and you had to like, you know, you, you touch like I want this one. And then there's the beans on top and it grinds the beans and and shits out your coffee. And there was one day that I noticed when I hit regular, the beans at the top that were marked decaf were the ones that were moving and, and coming out. And it was the most deranged email I've ever sent in my life. <laughs> I sounded fully insane. I was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but when I hit the regular button, I see the decaf beans are moving. <laughs> Trying to explain that in an email makes you sound crazy. Yes. But I was like, we're being lied to and they're giving <laughs> us decaf coffee. This coffee machine is gaslighting the entire office. 
Oh my gosh. As someone who feels like I've been on the receiving end of this type of gay passive aggression, I I will say it is it is it is gay. <laughs> it is gay. You know what? And as we all learned in Paris is Burning, a faggot knows how to pull a stunt. So this to me is very gay <laughs> as well. Stunty. I Thank think you that's very gay. So much, Matt, for being on Sloppy Seconds with us. Thank you. I will now spend the rest of my day trying to shake the image of a jar full of semen. <laughs> Just when I thought it was gone, it's back, you know? It was definitely um, in an artisanal jar. And you know the artisanal ones that are, like, shorter, that, like, jam and jelly come in? Oh, that's cute. You didn't say that before. So Wait, but now you change your full change. Do you think he bought the jar himself empty, or was it an used like for jam that he then emptied out and put, and put his own jammies in. I don't and know him. That... <laughs> I don't know him well enough to answer that question. Meatball, take <laughs> us hit, hit us with the outro. Thank you so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. You can send us an email to sloppysecondspod at gmail.com or call in with your fuck talk story or just advice or is it gay to 213-536-9180. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball or follow me on Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every Tuesday and Friday. And make sure to check out Matt's podcast, The Unhappy Hour. You also run a Patreon. You have amazing guests. Uh, so you're you're churning out content left, right, and center. And go and, get the uh, book, Everything is Awful. The book is still available, right? Everywhere? Amazon? All of the above. Yeah. Amazing. There's an and if you're looking too, if you hate, hate Ooh. to read it. Ooh, that's me. And if you are looking for a little thirst trapper, you can find Matt on Instagram too. <laughs> Mama, she's serving that is meats. True. She's serving meats. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, thank enjoy you so your hangover. Thank you. Doodle doot doot forever. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>